We each hold a unique place in this world, complete with our own dreams, culture, and perspective. It is the individual stories of those I meet along my journey that shape the way I see the world. I'm so excited to share these stories with you, and I hope they allow you to fall in love with humanity as much as they have for me. Welcome to This World My View. I'm your host, Liana. adventuring through the beautiful state of Alaska with me and has agreed to sit down and share some of her life with you guys. So let's get started. Super excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here, Liana, mostly because of the view we're enjoying right now. Yes. Where are we? Do you want to paint a picture for anybody? Oh, we are in Fairbanks, Alaska, which, spoiler alert, I mean, there's you don't have to come here. There's better places. However, better places in Alaska. Yeah. Better places in Alaska. Yeah. I, I would definitely encourage you to fly into Anchorage. Anyhow, that's a side note. We are in a really awesome hotel turned Airbnb kind yeah, of. Something like that. Uh, but very modern looking. And I'm in a big orange chair looking out at a mountain range with a little bit of dusting of snow in late yeah. September. That's lovely. Yeah, we're on a we're on a trip this week, and it's been a blast. This is mm-hmm. the tail end of it, mm-hmm. but I've had a really great time with you. It's been fabulous. You're a gem of a human being. <laughs> oh, vice versa, Liana. <laughs> so excited to get to share share Jill with you guys. So um, these are some questions that we're going to work through. They're all just designed at getting to know you, your perspective, sharing who you are, what has made you think the way you do, see life the way you do, and um, yeah. Just answer as you feel comfortable and as you feel led. Yeah, we said before we started, I'm, <laughs> I'm the most briefed on this. We listened to some of the podcasts you've already recorded during our drives, which you have to drive so far to get anywhere in Alaska. <laughs> and I've sat in on mm-hmm. two of your interviews, which was yeah. a really cool experience for mm-hmm. me. So, yeah, I'm familiar with it. Doesn't mean I'm going to be good at answering the <laughs> You're going to be just fine. So familiar. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> So let's jump right in. So the first one is, who do you define yourself as? Mm. Yes, I would define myself as both and, Mm. meaning I think I've got a combination of of things that seem contradictory. Mm. I both am fun, love having fun, but also can be very somber and contemplative. Mm. And all I'm, you know, we had a bottle of nice wine last night in plastic cups from the bathroom. And I'm like, this kind of feels like me, this kind of combination of things that seemingly don't go together. But yet I kind of feel as though I am able to engage the range of personhood in that way. So I love adventure and travel, but I also really like to sit and be silent. And so, yeah, just a combination of of both and I would define myself as. You are all that and a bag of chips. Oh, well, I'm not saying it's all good. Like I am both kind and mean. Like that happens too. No, that's not where we're going. But yes, I love the, uh, I'm a good bottle of wine in a cheap cup. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, this combination of things. It's such an interesting question. And I don't think that I would have struggled with it 
or, or a while ago, right? Mm-hmm. Like in my 20s. Or I even remember watching The Lion King where Simba's looking into the reflection of water and he's like, who am I? <laughs> and I, I remember even as a child thinking, why, what, what do you mean who are you? Like you're a person and you do the things that you do. And I mm-hmm. feel like it wasn't until I hit my 30s that I started to feel like, oh yeah, what, what defines me? What's the core of who I am? How would I describe myself? And I do think it's evolving. But I also think I'm learning more about the core of who I am, like the things that most likely will not change as I move through time. But I also think there's parts of me that will change mm. as well. So mm-hmm. ask me in five years and I'll be like, <laughs> we'll get you back. All right, I narrowed it down. I'm just straight aggressive. That's me. That's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I love that. Thanks so much. That's a really cool answer for sure. All right, next one is what is your favorite food? Oh, food. Anything cooked well is, <laughs> I'm, and I'm not even joking. I mean, so the both and, right? Like I love myself a hot dog and not just, not even the good kind, yeah. like just whatever was on the floor of Oscar Mayer and, you know, they scooped it up and put it into a hot dog. I, I love it. But I also really love, you know, a, a really nice expensive steak and, Indian food and Thai food and Vietnamese food and the food you cook for me (laughs) and just cheese and charcuterie and you get me talking about food and that's going to be the whole podcast. It's fair. All right. We'll make sure we feed you after this. (laughs) I don't need a lot of food, (laughs) but I do really enjoy just good food. I think there's, there's a lot that happens over food that is just like Good. And that too, yeah. yeah. And and I'll I'll spend money on food and a good experience with people. But then at the same time, I feel like I could subsist off of bread and wine. Yeah, I love that too. I could eat that every day, eat and drink that every day. <laughs> Probably wouldn't be good for me. <laughs> it would taste great. <laughs> simple. I could go simple. Are you uh, are you reading anything right now? I am. I am reading the Five Silent Years hmm. by Pamela Roswell. And it is about, it's just, I'm slow moving through it. Mm-hmm. I, like, I like to read, but it's usually, if I find myself at the beach, I'll bring it along and I'll make it through a chapter. So it's been slow going. But it is about Corrie ten Boom. <laughs> that came to me. And she's a Dutch woman who survived the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. And in her later years, she had a caretaker who was this Pamela Roswell woman. And after all of the suffering that she had been through and all of the amazing care for people and encouragement of others and ministry in later life, she ended up having strokes and couldn't speak anymore. And so Pamela documented the five final years of Corrie ten Boom's life and what that was like for her. Uh, just the roller coaster of her experiences and yet her view on suffering. So it's been a good read. Hmm adding it to my ever-growing list. You've got a long list, girl. I've got a real long list, and everybody I talk to adds something else. Yes. So, yeah, we're going to just learn to read faster. <laughs> yeah. Audiobooks would help with that, yeah, for that's sure. Yeah, true. Uh, what is your greatest fear? Mm. Separation. Hmm. I think separation from God, self, and others. I think any fear that I have is connected to that. Like, the image that comes to mind... I don't know if you've ever seen 
movies about like going into outer space mm. and then the astronaut like weaves the ship for yeah. some reason, <laughs> exactly. some unknown reason, because <laughs> they just really love to be extreme. And then they've just got this one tethered rope and then the rope breaks. To me, mm. that would be the, the most fearful experience ever. I mean, I would not put myself in that position, <laughs> but I do think it's a really good picture of what defines my greatest fear, where you're just floating. There is no longer any hope, but you can see it. Like mm. you can see earth, you can see where people are, you can see where the people that you love are and who love you. And there is no possible way of getting there, just the chasm. Mm. So there's that. So like lacking hope but then separation and again from from those entities that I feel like define how I interact with the world separation from God separation from others and separation from myself like any experience that I have that's fearful I think it's connected to that mm. there's a lot there there's I love a that lot there. I like that a lot no there's 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 like um yeah it's a it's a very deep sense of fear of just like mm -hmm. what who am I apart from the life that I have and the people that matter and the ones that I get to love and love me back and like mm -hmm. that is yeah that is a deep sense of something that it's it's good you don't have to go through as long as you're not signing up to go into space and <laughs> <I know. laughs> just cut off from hope yeah that's that mm. that would be the worst mm. have you ever had a moment where you felt that I think it's going to be in one of your questions. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. We'll get there. Uh, what do you value the most? I value justice, hmm. beauty, generosity, hmm. authenticity. Yeah. I think that the things that I do mm -hmm. would align with those things. I would agree with that. Yeah. It's very evident for sure. And the time that I get to spend with you and you've spent with my family as well, you are very authentic, very generous, very kind. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Thank sure. you. I, there's flip sides to all of those. Like, I don't mean to paint this picture of <laughs> no, like, I'm oh, this is it. great. Like, <laughs> with a strong value for justice, there's mm -hmm. a flip side to that too yeah. that I have to keep in check and hmm. you know while I value generosity that doesn't mean that I'm always generous sometimes it means I value it when other people are generous towards me <laughs> I mean it does go both ways but it lines up with us and authenticity <laughs> yeah fun oh man I really value having fun and beauty yeah I think anything yeah. that I that I do you could kind of like wrap it up in those things hmm. of those those being really valuable to me for sure when was the last time you felt joy? Mm. Yesterday. <laughs> Beauty brings me joy. Mm -hmm. Being with friends and having fun brings joy. I would say like the, the moment that stands out the most to me from this trip is hiking, walking, walking up an incline <laughs> to, to this amazing view and having a snowball fight in the mountain range was really fun. <laughs> it was a good time. <laughs> yeah. And it brought joy and laughter and just, oh, a deep, deep exhale and inhale. We breathed. <laughs> we did a lot of breathing. <laughs> you know, everyone's like, exhale. And I'm like, well, inhale too. Don't just do one thing. Both are necessary. Both and. 
Both ends. There we go. Jill. Yeah. Both ends. Yes. <laughs> when was the last time you were afraid and why? So, yes, that's connected to the okay. to the fear piece. There, I mean, there's different ways of experiencing fear, I think. You know, you've got, like, the startled moment, like, yesterday going for a walk, and there's this bird here in Alaska that makes a deep growling sound like a bear, mm-hmm. and we all just froze, and I think we lost a year of our lives. And it's like, <laughs> oh, it's just a bird. <laughs> like, that's so unfair. So yeah, I mean that was a that was like a a startled moment. Yeah. Um, but I, as far as fear goes, I think in this past year, maybe eighteen months, I felt I have felt like I lost a part of me. So that goes mm-hmm. back to that separation. Like I feel like I've been walking around with like a limb cut off, like an aspect mm-hmm. of my personhood not present. For a variety of reasons, right? Mm -hmm. Like circumstances, what's available to me, what I'm able to engage in, the way I choose to move through what's happening. Um, And it has just felt like I've I've lost part of who I am, separated from a part of me, like cut off. Mm -hmm. And then that impacts other other parts of life, right? Like if I feel cut off from myself, what does that mean about the way that I'm relating to the Lord and relating to others? So that has been, that, that's been scary in like some deep parts of me. Like, will I get this back? Can I get this back? Um, and so then the hope piece, like trying to find where is there hope? Where is there something to hold on to, to sustain until I can find some of those aspects of who I am again? Mm-hmm. For sure. And life continues to to bring you through new places. Oh, it's been a rough year, man. Mm-hmm. Like not in the yeah, in in some <clears throat> unusual ways, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, you guys have had internally tough. Yeah, and you've moved in the last year or so, mm-hmm. and, which is yeah. exciting. Yeah. Like it's yeah, it's both and. It's yeah. mm-hmm. it's exciting and scary and mm. lack of community because it's hard to build friends when you move in the midst of a pandemic so we just bring all of our friends to us yes. in Florida and that's been good <laughs> what moment in your life would you say changed you or taught you something I have so so many which I'm grateful for I'll choose this though uh, I had the privilege of serving at a home for women who were coming out of sex trafficking, commercial Mm -hmm. sexual exploitation. And I served as the director of that home. So my role is to care for both the women and the running of this 24-7 home in the immediate aftermath of exiting a life of intense trauma and exploitation and caring for the staff who were also running that home Mm -hmm. uh, alongside me. So taught me so many things about people and suffering so working and serving in that home alongside those women was very pivotal for me again in my view of self and others understanding of the world trauma suffering Um, and then where I where I went from there in seeing the need for those working and serving in those high human need, high trauma environments need care too. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that 
most people would have their sights on the victim, those who are in need of the care. And yet you can't provide that type of environment or care without staff. Like we had no problem raising money for a new roof or to buy a car, but nobody wanted to pay staff salaries. And that was super frustrating for me of there is no, there's no program. There's no rehabilitation. There's no caring for other people without relationship. Like it's all fine and good to put a roof over somebody's head. And yes, basic needs are important, but then to move from that place into well-being, you can't do it without community. And so that was difficult, and I think it alerted me to, we need to be caring for the staff. And we all need to have our sights on different things. But for me, that grew into wanting to care for people who work and serve in these arenas. So mm. that's what I do now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and by that, you, you, you do time to, to care for people who are on the front lines of that. Mm-hmm. Really just being the people who are, are actually taking care of everybody, who are actually investing their time and, 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 a lot and helping people come out of those situations, which, yeah. as you said, is, is so important and often not seen as a need. You can't do it unscathed. You can't mm-hmm. enter into someone else's suffering mm-hmm. and come out unscathed if you're, do- if you're doing it well. So mm-hmm. we need to be able to care for the people who are doing that. That's a unique thought that I don't think people often um, process or are aware of that, like, it's one thing to come alongside somebody else as a strong and healthy person, but mm-hmm. when they are going through something, it will impact you. It will be difficult. Absolutely. We relate it to like a firefighter going into a burning mm-hmm. building. You can put on a suit, you can take water with you, you can have mm-hmm. oxygen, but you're going into a burning building where there's fire. Yeah. And you, you're not going to come out unscathed, right? Mm-hmm. Best case scenario is there's minor cuts and scrapes. Yeah maybe some minor smoke inhalation worst case is like you get a limb cut off or you lose your life and I think it's very similar with trauma Mm. and suffering it it is contagious there's Mm. hope in it for sure but even with training and preparation it bears weight on those who do it Mm -hmm. and as you said if they're doing it right yeah if Mm -hmm. they're present if they're really pouring in and being able to support those people and Mm -hmm. those in need at that time uh, what is something you think we have in common? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you worried for my answer? I don't know. Should I be? <laughs> so many things, Liana. Mm. I think I think the best thing that we have in common is both the privilege and responsibility that we both hold in bearing witness to other people's experiences. Mm. I think we both give space for that for people in various contexts and with that comes learning people's amazing joyous experiences as well as deep suffering and to hold that and bear witness to that I think I think we both do that Hmm. that's um that's something I don't know that I would have fully identified in myself but Mm -hmm. I see it very present in you and it's, it's Yeah, appreciate that. When people share their story, there's an element of holding that with Mm -hmm. them, at least for that moment. Yes. Um, And responding well and caring for them out of it, and Mm -hmm. and it's a again a privilege, and a responsibility when Mm -hmm. people invite you and and trust you into those aspects of their life. Something I value very deeply when people share their lives. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, it is an interesting. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is something you are looking forward to? Mm, the first thing that comes to mind <laughs> is right now we're in the middle of a renovation. Uh, Eric and I, my husband, bought 
a home in St. Petersburg, Florida. And it's an amazing home and the kitchen is a dumpster fire. <laughs> so in order to get a kitchen that is not a dumpster fire, we are also building an Airbnb or, or fitting out an Airbnb within the home. So I'm excited to get that done, begin inviting guests into our home beyond the guests that we already have. Yes. We have guests like every weekend you at really, our home, our friends. You, you really do. You host, they host somebody potentially... Almost all but one weekend a month, yeah. if that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would say, on average, we have one weekend free a month without <laughs> guests. And sometimes it's no weekends a month. But that's all right. It's fun for us. Uh, but this would be paid guests <laughs> with our Airbnb. And that will help us to fund the kitchen. I am very motivated to accomplish that. Mm -hmm, for sure. <laughs> Very motivated for Eric to help me accomplish that. <laughs> Eric is, for anyone who doesn't know, which I'm assuming is most of you, um, is quite handy, quite oh. capable, um, can pretty much build, fix, or do anything. We were talking about that in the car yesterday, <laughs> like just how amazing my husband <clears throat> is. And yeah, I think that he is the best, most capable person I have ever ever met in my whole life like you throw him into any situation and he's gonna excel at it like mm -hmm. you throw him on a wakeboard and in and you pull him with a boat and he's up and doing tricks and you give him a massive box truck to drive and he's got that you throw him in a studio and he's gonna come out with the best song ever you give him something to build and it's gonna be the most amazing thing he's you've ever seen built like he's just <laughs> so capable so I don't even want to hire somebody out to do this. He does. He wants to hire it out. <laughs> He's like, like, I don't want to do you it. You have a better attention to detail and ability hmm. than anybody that we're going to hire. So mm -hmm. yeah, that has been so great. We've had a renovations business together. Like he does all the hard work and I do the finish work mm -hmm. of renovating. We've like done kitchens and bathrooms and things like that for people mm -hmm. so now we get to do it for ourselves yes. and it's so amazing and actually enjoy it and in your you guys are hearing a taste of just how cool these two are <laughs> as a couple together they really do just like treasure each other and hype each other up for sure it's a good <laughs> oh, quality like to that. have hype too yeah <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a cheerleader for him for sure <laughs> i think he's the funniest thing too <laughs> Everyone's like, you laugh so much at Eric. I'm like, I don't know why the rest of you don't think this is hilarious. <laughs> I'm just going, you gotta laugh in life. What is something you wish was over already? <sighs> Trauma. Hmm. Trauma and all that it brings. The suffering of it, the symptoms of it, the way that it mm, impacts personhood and humanity. I think it steals, kills, and destroys the core of who we are created to be mm. and it's just awful so mm. trauma yeah and what it produces wish that we're over i can get on board with that <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what would you say makes you feel known and valued being known and valued mm. i don't mean to be mm. too vague about that but <laughs> when i am known and valued so meaning so I guess if I could put more meat on that like someone who has taken the time to know me and be known by me I think mm -hmm. where there's reciprocity in relationship and able to still accept and love me in that place even if I'm 
not okay or the best version of myself, which has been this past year, uh, still engaging with me, not walking away in those moments. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Where do you call home and what makes it home? I've lived in a lot of different places, some very non-traditional housing situations. So it's definitely not brick and mortar for me. Mm-hmm. I, I think at this point in life, home is very connected to Eric. I think wherever we are together, I feel very known and valued and loved by him. And I think I find comfort in his presence and being with him. So mm-hmm. I think wherever wherever we are together, that feels like home. Of course, mm-hmm. if I ever lost him, I'd have to redefine that. <laughs> home would just have to be wherever I am. <laughs> Make, making myself comfortable and at home inside myself, which mm-hmm. I think that is something worth aiming at. So For sure. And when you say non-traditional home situations, would you mind sharing one of those oh, or something yeah. in that uh we have lived in tiny homes so like motor homes trailer we lived in a 170 square foot pull behind trailer uh, we lived with, and took care of my grandmother for a year in her home we house sat in a log cabin yeah we've had a wider range yeah, yeah. so very limited things of our own and that's been a whole other mm-hmm. process of what's it like to make home in what other what somebody else would consider to be their home mm-hmm. their dishes their mm-hmm. art their what makes them feel cozy and comfortable mm-hmm. and how do we just enter into that not you know especially with my grandmother mm-hmm. the home that we house sat in there was an opportunity to make it hours yeah and yet how do we still make this a cozy safe environment for us mm. and I think a lot of that is relationship and mm. and being at home inside ourselves and that tiny living you've shared before just how you really learned to value what type of possessions the quantity of possessions and oh yes <laughs> anything that I brought into that space had to be both beautiful and functional that mm-hmm. was my standard so I mean, I love to use my example of knives. I don't know if I'd find them. Well, yeah, sure, they were beautiful to me. It's both form <laughs> and function, but I had two. Yeah. Two knives. So they had to be good knives. Yeah. And I will drop some cash on that so that they work. And I don't just have a bunch of knives clanking around in my drawer. I have two knives. Mm-hmm. And they, they serve a purpose. They cut things. And they cut things. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> my plates, I had four of them. Oh, so amazing. I loved that. That season of life. Hmm. That's awesome. I don't know that many people would be able to, myself included, um, reduce down. Pair down. Yeah. It teaches you so much. You learn so, so much. And yeah, speaking of things like pivotal experiences in life, that's definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. It changed a lot of how I interact with the world around me, my consumption of things, mm-hmm. having seen and, and been so intimately acquainted with my consumption and waste. Mm. Yeah, it makes you very aware of just like, you know, care of the world we live in and taking care of things like that. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah, no, I have more than two knives that I like to cook and <laughs> well, You probably use all, you've, you've also got four kids, <laughs> yeah, like get it, it's not fair. the lifestyle everyone can live. <laughs> no. What is something you wish you didn't struggle with? <laughs> Anger, irritability, hmm. frustration, hmm. pride, 
selfishness. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> I got a long list, girl. It's a long list in your head, but I don't see many of those on a consistent <sighs> basis at all. Or interview Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Or my boss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but, but again, those are two people who know me really well and still value me, yeah. I think. No. Uh, I'm still known by them and valued and loved even in my anger and selfishness and pride. And oh, it does. It challenges me to be a better person. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm working towards that. You are, but I don't think they would. They would I think they would say the same as myself if asked. Oh, all all right i'll let you think that oh man what is something you used to struggle with but don't anymore i think freedom Hmm. and not saying i've arrived to any place i think in any of these things i'm i'm going from strength to strength but i think in degrees Freedom, and what I mean by that is for myself, freedom in my own boundaries and permission to make my own decisions in light of God's self, others. Mm. But also I think freedom for others around me. I think I used to feel personally attacked, if I could use Mm. such strong words, when I encountered other, meaning something different from myself that felt incongruent with how I choose to live life. Mm. And I did not, I, I, I don't want that. Like mm-hmm. I want to be around other and it not feel like a personal attack on me. And, mm-hmm. I, and I do think that that's something that I've grown in, recognizing my own freedom, others' freedoms, and being able to hold that ambiguity and permission for others to live their lives and for me to be in relationship with them not just okay fine you do that over there at arm's distance but I could be side by side with you and you choose something different and it doesn't have to feel like an attack on my personhood Mm. there's something extremely valuable that anyone listening I really hope you hear that we can be our own, we can be mm. free, we can be ourselves, and it doesn't impact someone else's ability to also be themselves and be free. Yeah. I think it. I think it is reflective of what we've built inside of us. Like mm. how, what, what do I feel is the core of who I am? Because I think when we are so afraid of other, it's an indicator that we're maybe not anchored inside of ourselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to be able to encounter and engage with other. Mm. So. Yeah, again, I'm, I've not arrived, mm. but I do think that my growth and understanding of freedom has created space mm. for both for myself and for others. Yeah, and an awareness of that mm-hmm. um, that you have definitely developed and is, is evident that you're aware of the need for that and the yeah. desire to grow continually in that, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. What is something you're confident helping someone else through or with? Mm, well, I have the privilege and responsibility of helping others as a career, mm-hmm. which is interesting. But I would say the areas specifically that I feel most comfortable with. Now, people are all different, so mm-hmm. it's complex. And you learn one person, it doesn't mean you learn all people. And there's a part of that challenge that I enjoy. But I would say in general, I feel 
confident in helping people to navigate big life decisions, mm. trauma, boundaries, uh, engaging in mysteries, mm-hmm. like deep things that are hard to wrap our minds around. Um, not that I can help people arrive to any place, but just engage in that process and mm-hmm. move towards well-being in it. Yeah, definitely, for sure. All right, so if you have $10,000 and two weeks to spend it, what are you going to do? <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind right now because of where my life stage is and where the real estate market is, I would probably buy a condo in Florida. Okay. Uh-huh. Can you buy a condo for $10,000? No, but it'd be a down payment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm in Florida. That's the case. It'd be a down payment. On a condo in Florida, and the re- and I think you could do that in two weeks in this real estate market. Um, I think both for an investment property, but also um, to be able to provide housing for people or someone in need right That's now. Cool. Yeah, very neat. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you wish you could say to somebody you love that you don't feel like they maybe be ready to hear it right now? Thankfully, I am a person who doesn't leave much unsaid. (laughs) (laughs) We love that about you. I was podcasting recently, or engaging, so I have a podcast myself, but we were... Which is called... uh, Frugal Friends Podcast. Yeah, that's the both and of me, right? (laughs) Like, my day job is working in trauma, and my side hustle is having a fun podcast about personal finance. Anyhow, this person was like... In engaging with us during a live thing that we were doing, and they they said something kind of mean, but here here you go. They they said, <laughs> Jill, you seem passive aggressive. <laughs> and my immediate response was, No, I'm just straight aggressive. <laughs> but what? But with that, I think I don't leave much unsaid. Hopefully, I can say it in a kind manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I. I do generally try to communicate things that I feel might be useful and beneficial. But that being said, wisdom and tact, wisdom and discernment need to go side by side, meaning what to say and when and how to say it. Mm -hmm. So yes, in that definition, there are things that maybe haven't been said to people. And if given the opportunity or maybe when the person is ready, I would say choose life. Mm. choose the pathway of well-being mm. and you will find rest for yourself mm. that's a beautiful sentiment that i think so many can benefit from yeah yeah there are some specific people i yes, have in mind with sure. that but yeah i think i could summarize it and uh, choose life please choose life mm. yeah what is something that would be hard for you to hear about yourself from someone you love it would be really hard to hear that I have not valued somebody or like I stepped over them Hmm. or didn't show care, consideration. Yeah, if I think about those that I love deeply, my nieces and nephews, my husband, my family, Hmm. my close friends, like if if they were to tell me, oh, you you really were very selfish there, you didn't Hmm. value me there, and I believe I do that. I think I do that, and it's hard to recognize that. Thankfully, I've got amazing people in my life where forgiveness is offered. But 
<laughs> oh yeah, that's a tough thing. Hmm. Definitely. What, um, if you have one, is your favorite quote? So I don't have a favorite quote. It's not something that is a value to me or of great mm-hmm. importance. However, there is a quote that I am currently pondering. Mm-hmm. And it's from St. Irenaeus. I might be saying that incorrectly. Um, but a Catholic saint. And he said, The glory of God is man or woman fully alive. And I've been thinking about that a lot lately, especially in light of how I've been feeling in this past year of feeling a little bit cut off from an aspect of myself and feeling that lack of fullness of life, Mm -hmm. that both and, right, Mm -hmm. of joy and suffering, like the ability to enter into all of those things fully and engage with them and, and how reflective that is of the kingdom and of the the glory of God, meaning like the weight of him Mm. Um, and, and wanting to be fully alive, to experience life fully. Mm. You've mentioned God and uh, the Lord a couple of times. What what is that connection or or meaning to you? If you don't mind sharing. Oh, it's a journey. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that I could summarize it in Mm. its entirety. I think, I view the world as both very complex and very simple. Mm. I did grow up in the church. I grew up in the Christian church, non-denominational. I work with and care for a lot of quote-unquote Christians. Uh, so that that would be, I think, the faith expression. But I think for me it goes beyond like the religion of it. I think it's tough because it can put you into such a box that mm-hmm. I really strongly feel as though I do not fit in especially Mm -hmm. the way that the Christian life is being expressed in Mm -hmm. 2021 Um, it really pains me but for me God my relationship with the Lord and Jesus is very very important to me it doesn't always feel present for me it doesn't Mm -hmm. always feel like oh yeah I'm on top of the world and this relationship with the Lord is giving me everything I could ever need and and I think that that's that's part of the journey but I have found that where I experience hope and life is when I am aimed at loving God loving others and loving myself Mm. thank you for sharing that Mm -hmm. it's something I know is very personal um it is it is very personal and intimate and it's it's hard to summarize in one thing because you know there's so many people who might be listening and Mm -hmm. and it's yeah I never want to exclude somebody out Mm -hmm. of that conversation based on a certain box that Mm -hmm. might be present because of a label Mm -hmm. no I can appreciate that very fully Uh, you did a beautiful job of just summing up what that means to you thanks Leon so do you (laughs) you're someone that I learned from in that Mm -hmm. uh, how to describe the way we choose to walk out life and faith. Hmm. Thank you. What would you say makes you feel at peace? When I feel as though I am in right relationship, again, you're <laughs> going to hear this. Like, yeah, I guess this is a theme coming out for me. When I feel I'm in right relationship with God, self, and others, hmm. I can feel at peace inside myself. Where there is lingering tension, 
something unresolved and sometimes that happens Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's not realistic that we can resolve everything Mm -hmm. but where I can come to a place of as much as is up to me I am walking this out to the best of my ability and, and I can rest in that and find peace but where I know oh I have responsibility in this. I need to move towards right relationship. I'm not going to be at peace until that happens. Mm. Yeah, I can I can agree with that very very much. It is hard to to learn how to to move forward when we have to when we can't make peace with mm-hmm. with others or there's situations where it's just not the timing yet. But yeah. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. That's a tough thing to hold, and that comes with that holding ambiguity mm-hmm. and and again recognizing freedom where mm-hmm. is it creating a lack of peace but it's because of their choices and where can i give permission for the other to choose what they're choosing and yeah find peace then mm-hmm. inside myself in the midst of that very much so would you say your life feels certain or unsteady right now oh it's not certain <laughs> i know that It is both and. Mm -hmm. I think that there are aspects where I feel degrees of anchoring and rhythm that are welcomed in my life. And then there's aspects of life that can feel lacking or uncertain. It's it's not a scary thing necessarily. Mm -hmm. In some ways, it's exciting. What's next then? What Mm -hmm. does that mean? Mm -hmm. For sure. Is there anything you wish you could say as a woman to the opposite sex that you wish they could hear, maybe haven't heard her? <laughs> you mean like other than just stop being a pervert? <laughs> <laughs> we'll try not to generalize. <laughs> no. Oh, there's, there's so much, Liana. There's so, so much mm-hmm. here. Uh, but I think if I could summarize, first and foremost, I think before moving to the binary, I would encourage all people Mm -hmm. to approach and engage and look at one another as a human being Mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. I think that that would solve some of the issues that we see between genders right now. Humanity first. I'm a, I'm a person mm-hmm. before I'm a woman and whatever that might mean to somebody. So let's let's treat each other like human beings. I really like that that's where you took that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> awesome. All right. If you were to have 10,000 people standing in front of you, what bit of advice or information would you want them to hear? How long do I have? <laughs> Go for it. Whatever you want. The world is your oyster. No, simple is better. <laughs> I I do think that this aspect, I don't mean to belabor it, but I, I do think it's important. I think it's where a lot of people do get tripped up is this concept of God, self, and others. Like where we feel we're floundering or our values feel misaligned is to look at what are my beliefs about God or depending on faith expression, the world around me, like the the bigger component here, others and self, and how does each of my understandings of those, it bear weight and influence on one another? What's accurate in that? What do I want to maintain? And what areas need course correction Hmm. in that? And then from there, put your hands to something, find, Hmm. find, 
purpose and and that doesn't have to be something super lofty or extreme but whatever it is for you your value system put your hands to that thing there there will be both both great value and rest in that place Mm, that's awesome it's a really good bit of advice yeah listen up (laughs) yeah and boundaries boundaries are okay i think i spend most of my life as a counselor helping other people identify boundaries so Mm -hmm. they're good yeah what is something you wish people knew about your culture Hmm. There's a lot of different ways to look at culture. I think it's a good thing to, I I love this question and I think I've got to look at it a bit more than even (laughs) this podcast, but I think the subgroups of our culture is something that's not super understood. Like Mm -hmm. to be an American is not to be one thing. To Mm -hmm. be Caucasian is not to be one thing. To be a female is not to be one thing. So I think what, I wish, right? That's the question. What you mm-hmm. wish people understood about uh, it? Yeah. It, I think the the subgroups, and so again, before we like move people into one certain box, to recognize even when you're found to to be described in one way, the mm-hmm. expression of that doesn't always look the same. Mm-hmm. So in American culture, we are unique. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of subgroups, which is really, I think it is a really cool thing um, about living in America if we were to go that large with it. Like, there are so many, and we've even, we've caught a glimpse (laughs) of that in Alaska, right? I don't even, I think Alaskans do separate themselves from the rest of the world, especially with their phrase, the lower 48. Everything's (laughs) the lower 48. It's like, we get it. You're you're your own crop. That's all right. (laughs) It's a, there, yeah. Definitely. I'm at a loss for words on that one. What is something you love about your culture? I think that, again, mm. the subgroups yes. and the space for that, that to know one person is not, and this is, this is everywhere, this is every culture, I think, to know one person is not to know all of them, but mm. the subgroups, the different expressions, the different communities people can find themselves in. Yeah. I like that. Awesome. Uh, what is something you're not proud of about your culture? Mm. Oh, Liana, this would be a whole other podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I think with any culture, there are aspects of it that are beautiful, that are life-giving, that are aimed at well-being, that are reflective of the kingdom. And there are aspects of it that need to be redeemed. Mm-hmm. And I think my my specific culture, like if I were to say white American evangelical church, which again, I have a really hard time actually aligning myself (laughs) with that. But I think if someone looked at me, that would be the box they put me into. Um, I think that we have a very hard time actually acting out, walking out, Mm. living out what is required of us to Mm. seek justice, love, mercy, walk humbly, we got a long way to go. That's a whole other thing. And if I keep talking, you're gonna you're gonna get aggressive, Jill. <laughs> aggressive, Jill. Um, in a sense of how you feel towards justice, how you yes. feel towards humanity. So when you guys hear that, um, 
This is a very passionate human being towards <laughs> towards other people, towards yeah. loving other people, wanting to see justice, wanting yeah. to see others experience freedom, no matter who they are. People being led astray by mm-hmm. what is being told to be right, and it is mm-hmm. not. It is the furthest mm-hmm. thing from it, and that mm-hmm. really it grinds my gears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you feel like you know what your purpose is in life? Mm. Yeah, I think I've got, you know, an overarching purpose of what I just said. Seek justice, love mercy, walk humbly, love God, self, and others. I think that's a very overarching, and I think whatever I do in life, if it is aligned with those things, I can sleep at night. Mm-hmm. More specifically, I do think helping people mm-hmm. uh, in identifying wisdom mm-hmm. for them specifically and how to aim at well-being caring for others Mm -hmm. but all of that under that larger umbrella I think that there's not a specific task for me to accomplish and then like oh I'm done (laughs) I think it's with whatever I set my hands to this is what I want to bring to the table and I would say I see you living that out would you feel that Mm -hmm. as well Sometimes, mm-hmm. and again, I think that that's the feeling like I'm walking around like with my arm hacked off. That mm. some of that hasn't found full expression mm. in this last year, and that's mm. been tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, what would you say if you could have three talents that you don't have? Mm-hmm. What would you want them to be? Oh. Playing the theremin, yodeling, whittling. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Continue. I'm going to need a description once you're done. <laughs> Those aren't real. Okay. <laughs> Those What's are, a theremin? It's an electronic instrument. Okay. Eric and I went to a theremin quote-unquote concert okay it's not really a concert you're listening to like noise be made but it is a talent it's an electric thing and it's just like this wire and then you move your hand in front of it and it makes all these different noises it's quite interesting yeah okay but my not that my real answer (laughs) is i i would love to be able to surf there's a lot of limitations there. Mm. Like, number one, yes, I live on the water, but it's the Gulf, and you can't surf there. But what little experience I've had surfing, I really friggin' loved it. <laughs> so I would love to be able to surf and, and then do that as a regular part of my life. It, like, combines sun and water and fun, and I just think that would be amazing. <laughs> I also would love to learn to fish. So some of these things might be attainable. Uh, we have the ability to fish right in our backyard and mm-hmm. like amazing fish in mm-hmm. our little bayou. It's mm-hmm. literally called Little Bayou. Yeah. How cute is it that? Is I'd love to get my dinner there. <laughs> and then I think dance. Like be a, be a better mm. dancer. Mm. That's fun. Yeah. Like beyond just the I am here to have a good Yeah, time. like beyond just like, oh, my move is to jump up and down and go crazy <laughs> on the dance floor. Like I think it'd be fun to actually have like a bit of rhythm and like <laughs> mobility. <laughs> I love that. We'll sign you up for a class. <laughs> mm. What is something that you are proud of that you've accomplished? There's, thankfully, there's a lot of things that I can look back on and say, I'm, I'm proud of that. I think, what, okay, so the first thing that comes to mind would be 
having lived in a tiny home and utilizing that experience to cash flow my master's degree Mm. I think that felt like a really still feels like a really good decision I'm very like for multiple reasons right like the experience of tiny living and then the ability to leverage that to pay out of pocket for my master's Mm. and not need to go into debt for Mm. that education and then what that education has afforded me Mm. and yeah I'm proud that I did that yeah yeah and you guys have just made some really cool like um, I guess decisions or they've gotten to some really neat places with just like how you understand finances how you've mm-hmm. chosen to do that and that is something that you do share as we mentioned um, briefly um, Jill um, along with another friend Jen has a podcast yeah. about um, like frugality and how to mm-hmm. how to manage money and, and make choices in that yeah manner. personal finance mm-hmm. simple living minimalism that's another thing mm-hmm. I'm really proud of like we mm-hmm. have almost 2 million downloads mm-hmm. with that podcast and cool. beginning to actually make money on the podcast mm-hmm. which never was the goal we're just having fun with it and still mm-hmm. going three years later so yeah I'm I am proud of that and mm-hmm. and the way that that has also continued to connect Jen and I like we are genuinely friends mm-hmm. which is another weird thing I, I end up going into business with like friends so watch <laughs> out Liana we might have to start a business together I don't know how that would go <laughs> started with my husband yeah. started business with and uh, not started but yeah helping yeah. to build a business yeah. with a previous and employee yeah what would our business be there's a sub question oh i mean it probably would be like the traveling and having yeah, fun <laughs> <laughs> i love that but yeah it is cool yeah you guys have made some money off of that uh leading summits and selling some um courses and things yeah like getting that. sponsors for yeah, the podcast that's super cool that. very nice that's awesome um, is there anything else you would say you want others to know about you, what matters to you, or, or who you are? Mm, no, I think you've heard enough. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Come see me in St. Petersburg, Florida. Mm. Maybe my Airbnb will be done. Maybe mm. you can pay me to stay with me. <laughs> I'll put you up. I'll put you up for free. Oh, yeah. I'll gosh. at least tell you all the good spots. If you are in the area, We've it's because we've had so many visitors, we've mm. learned what's good and yeah. where, to, where to go see. So yeah. yeah. You guys have some good food. Yeah, we do. Sunshine, beautiful turquoise water, light sand beaches, Mm -hmm. kayaking through mangroves, (laughs) dolphins. Yeah. Come on down. (laughs) Well, Jill, I just want to say thank you so, so much. It has been an absolute pleasure for you to just share your time and this conversation with me and with others. And um, yeah. It's been awesome, Liana. I'm so glad you're doing it. Mm -hmm. I champion you in it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, entrusting this experience to me Mm, and always letting me share a bit of myself Mm. this is cool very much so all right bye (laughs) thank you for tuning in to this world my view your reviews are what keep this show going so if you have a moment i would so appreciate you just taking a second to write a review anything from I really enjoyed this or something you took away that changed your perspective or impacted your life or something you connected with. If you have a chance to share that on social media and tag me and the show in it, I would greatly appreciate that. I just want to thank you also for just being a part of my world and community here at This World My View.